0: Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. I love the fact that um, that, that, that Jesus said, uh, let the children alone, don't prevent them from coming to me. I think this is just such a key thing because that's why, Uh, when we uh, give opportunity for babies to be blessed, it literally doesn't matter where you come from. Churched, unchurched, far and wide, it makes no difference because Jesus said, "Don't, don't hinder them, don't put anything in the way of the children receiving a blessing. And we believe, we believe in the power of blessing, we'll talk about that in a moment. I just, I don't know, I've read this scripture so many times. Those of you who've been around for the baby blessings, you know we often refer to it. And I just found myself kind of seeing things through fresh eyes that what was it about Jesus that made people want to bring their children to him? You know, I think that um, the reality is that people saw something. They, they didn't know. They, they, they brought their children in the hope. They, they knew there wasn't a guarantee, but there was something about Jesus. There was something about the atmosphere that He carried that people wanted to get their children into. And I was thinking about the fact that it's, it's actually natural, normal, to be protective of our children, isn't it? I think it's a normal thing to want to protect your children. Um, and, and so being around Jesus for these parents must have felt like a safe space. But not only was it a safe space, it was a blessed Space. There was just something that felt right about bringing your children to Jesus to bless. I think, in one way, I can kind of get it because if Jesus is anything, he is love. He carried an atmosphere of, of love. I always find myself fascinated by the fact that, you know, um, there were all kinds of shady characters who, who made it into Jesus' space. People with very, let's say, uh, checkered pasts and, 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 you know, less than holy backgrounds. And, um, and, and yet, even with all that stuff, they wanted to get, into the presence of Jesus. I say I'm fascinated by it because no doubt Jesus was the holiest man who ever walked the face of the earth. He was without sin. He was without spot. And yet, and so there was every opportunity that that when people got around him, they might feel bad about themselves. You know, if you get around something that's holy and you are not holy, you think I'm going to feel bad about myself. And I think that Jesus emanated so much love. It was, you know, Jesus was a great bloke to be around. He was actually just a great bloke to be around. And people wanted to be around him. I, you know, I don't know whether you think that he walked around, you know, three centimetres off the floor with a halo, Colgate ring of confidence around his head. I don't know, but he was a, he was a, he was a man. He, he walked as a man. He talked as a man and he was a great person to be around, but not least, not just because of his personality, he was someone who loved. And I would want to say and remind us that The church of Jesus Christ is on the earth to be representative of Jesus' body. So we're never here, ever, 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 to be holier than thou. We're never here to make people feel worse about themselves. What people must feel primarily when they're around us is love. Number one, love. That's it. That's what, that that means that, that they know that there is a God who who loves them. Not just in spite of their baggage, but with their baggage. There's just something that feels right about being around Jesus. Jesus isn't just loving. He is love. Not the kind of love that says, I'll love you if you change. Not the kind of love that says, if you do this, I will love you. You know, one of the things when I was growing up and, you know, I, I was not brought up in church. You know, we, we were brought up far from the things of God. That's another story for another day. But, um, you know, so when I'm telling you this, I'm not like just wanting to um, do the dirty on my mom and dad. But one of the things that my mom and dad used to say, if we were naughty was, Oh, I don't love you anymore. And probably not the best thing to be saying to your kids. But that's, that's what I heard. And I think that the interesting thing about that is that sometimes we feel that with God, that if we've not lived up to a certain standard, that somehow God's love is knocked out of kilter. Somehow we've got to earn so I I can tell you as, as a little boy, I was left in a place of feeling like I had to earn back the love I'd lost through my poor behaviour. And I think there's so many Christians walking around feeling like they've got to earn back the love they've lost because they haven't quite reached the standard. But God's love is not like that. God's love is not based on your performance. God is love. It's consistent, it's affirmed, it is sure. He loves you just the way you are and also loves you too much to leave you that way. It's like, you know, when our kids used to go and play outside and um, they, some, you know, quite often, especially the lads, I would have to say, came back dirty, you know. They go out and they play sport and they come back um, and they, they went out looking reasonably human and, and came back looking like something that had landed from another planet. Um, but as a father, as a mother, that doesn't stop you loving them. The dirt doesn't stop you loving them because... They're your kids. Love sees beyond the dirt. I'm gonna say that again. Love sees beyond the dirt. But then love also doesn't leave them that way. I love them. I see beyond the dirt because they're my kids. But then also because I'm a father and because I love them, you know, get in the shower, you know. Go and get cleaned up. We sing a, we sing a song we sing a song here uh, called alpha and omega and and basically that simply means that that, that that God is the beginning and he is is the end, which means he's at the beginning and he is also at the end he was there at your beginning. Oh, I love this if there's If there's one thing that I would say consistently finds its way into preaching is I find a way to to wheedle this in because the truth of it, the power of it has so amazingly impacted my life. I know it to be true. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that that God um, uh, knew you even before you were formed in your mother's womb. And and the key word there is before. Which means that yes, even while you were being formed, every every one of these little babies, every one of these children we've seen today and everyone holding a baby, God knew them before they were were formed in their mother's womb. That that means that before, before conception, you're known. That means if you've made it onto the planet, If you're breathing oxygen, God has a plan for your life. He knows you. He knows you and He has a plan for you and He loves you. He loves you already. God is not just finding out about you. You know, it's not like you've turned up at church and uh, you know, God's going, oh my God, Gabriel, did you, do you know them? Are they on the list? No, like God... It's not now you've turned up at church that God knows you. God knows us in our best moments and God knows us in our worst moments. It's, only now he's, it's, it's not only now that he's taking notice of you, he's known you your whole life, every up, every down, he's known. And 100%, I believe he's protected you from stuff that you didn't even realise you were being protected from. So we established that there's something about Jesus. We established that that there was something about these parents that they said, I want to get, the the most precious thing in the world to me is my child. I would do anything for this child. And yet, so there is something in me that says, I want to get this child into the presence of Jesus. I I want Jesus to bless my child. So what is this? blessing thing all about because, you know, you could think, well, it's just a nice thing to do. It's almost like, I don't know, a rite, of, a rite of passage that, you know, you turn up with your baby and you just have a ceremony, but then we crack on with our lives and it's just something that we keep the photos of and we remember and we tell them that it happened. But, but it is so much more than that. There is, there is power in Blessing. I mean, if Jesus is willing to bless you, what does blessing mean? What were these parents, these first parents that we read about in the Bible and these parents that we've had on the platform today and so many times before, what was it that they were trying to get their kids into? Well, blessing is not just a nice religious word what it essentially means is god's favor and protection that's what that's what blessing means god's favor and protection that good will come to them and that and another way of saying it is that they will be fortunate and happy fortunate and happy good i mean who wouldn't want that who wouldn't want that so when when what we've prayed over these children today is essentially that good will come to them and that they will be fortunate and happy. You know, I don't know, I'm just getting ready to upset a few people, Lawrence. No, I'm just saying that, you know, like years ago, years ago, like we... I've been around church a few years, but like, you know, we used to like almost have an allergic reaction if we ever heard the word lucky. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh my goodness, don't, no, I'm not lucky, I'm blessed. Don't tell me I'm lucky. But I don't know, the older I've got, the older I've got that somehow I mean, there's like like a kind of holy look. That's what fortunate essentially means. That when I'm walking with Jesus, good things come to me. I mean, other people might interpret that as luck. Don't bother emailing me about all that. My, my theology is not gone off the wall. But I'm just saying, I think, that we've got to understand. We just need to relax a little bit. God's our dad. And he wants good to come to us. He wants us to be fortunate and happy. And that's, that's what we spoke. When, when you, the bit came that you spoke over them, the Lord bless you and keep you. There's a version of the Bible called the Amplified Bible, which actually just kind of pulls out all the truth from that original language. It's like squeezing the, uh, the lemon dry there. When it says the Lord bless you and keep you, it means to protect you, to sustain you. And guard you. That's what you said this morning over these children, over these families. The Lord makes his face shine upon you. It means that He, he will pour favour out. He will pour favour out on your life and be gracious to you, surrounding you, that means, with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face, upon you with divine approval That's, it's a simple thing but you know sometimes uh you you can go um, it comes around again as grandparents it comes around again but uh you know like sports day or the school production and uh, and and you know you almost don't need to uh, wonder whose kids are running in the race, or in because you can see on the face of the parents, you know what I mean? It was just like that, 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 that sense of, of pride, you know, like that, that mother or that father mouthing the words. They've obviously gone through it a thousand times with the kid as preparing for the, but it's like that look of pride in the parents. As, and I think that some of us, many of us, will understand that from our own, as it were, parents' perspective. But what this blessing is trying to get us to understand is that God looks at us with divine approval. And I say that because I think there's some pe- pe- people in the room who think that the way God looks at you is, have you seen his ear, Gabriel, have you, have you seen him? Um, he has got the bare-faced cheek to turn up here. Some of us think that's how God looks at us. And it's not. It's not how he looks at us. I, you can't see it. Maybe, maybe if you listen hard enough, you can hear it, but there are cheers in heaven that you are here this morning. God is so excited, why? Because you've placed yourself in an environment where you can hear some truth, hear some light, hear some life that can affect and influence your life. This is, this is the power of the gospel. He says, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Oh my goodness, that means a tranquil heart and life. A tranquil heart, a tranquil life. That is the power. That is what you've spoken over these children, that that they will have a tranquil heart, that any anxiety that will seek to invade their heart in Jesus' name, the the peace of God, the, the tranquility of God will guard their heart, guard their mind, guard their life. See, a blessing, it sounds like it's just words, but words carry life. Words have the power to impact your life, all your life. Some of us know this because some of us have heard things, as it were, from a negative point of view, spoken over us, or oh, "You're no good at that. You'll never be that." You, you, that, that's not a blessing. That's a curse. But those words have power. Every time you, you try and step out to do something new, every time you're you you are trying to break new ground in your life, those words can come flooding back into your mind and they can rob you of your confidence. Words that were said to you as a child, words that were said as a, you know, by a teacher, by a Sunday school teacher, by a mom, by, by a, a father, by a grandparent, by whatever, words that continue to impact your life and stop you, and rob you. Well, the power of a blessing has the opposite effect. Blessing produces life, it produces hope. Instead of saying, I can't, I find within me and I can. Because that's what the Bible says, that through, through Jesus Christ, I can do all things. I can do all things through Him. The limits are off, because that's what God can do in you, and that's what God can do through you, so just as words can affect you negatively, these words, these words of blessing, can affect your life positively. I'm, I, I'm, I'm speaking to the unchurched, and I'm speaking to the church here today as well. That sometimes in the familiarity of language and words, we lose the power and the meaning of what is being said, and we need to understand and and and, and remember that 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 you know at the end of at the end of our time today we will speak a blessing is that just the is that just something that marks the end of the service for you or is it an opportunity to receive something from god to again receive something affirm something in my life that is going to bring some of that holy luck into my life oh jesus So that's why we bless our children. But of course, this blessing is not just for our children. This blessing is for all of us here today. God loves you and wants you blessed. He wants you to live your best life it seems such an obvious thing to say in church it seems that but these are words that can too easily bounce off us because we we hear the words but we But we think that somehow it doesn't count for me. You you could think around this room maybe. You can think around you you people who those words might apply to. But there's something in us that almost reject the power of the blessing because we're saying, well, I'm not good enough. You know, if you saw what my life was really like, if you saw what I'd done this week, if you saw what I've been thinking about, if you'd heard some of the things said We, We start thinking of all the stuff that might rob us of the blessing. But the truth is, God loves us beyond the dirt. He loves us beyond the dirt. He sees beyond the dirt and He loves you beyond the dirt. When my kids came in with the dirt on them, it wasn't them. It was stuff they picked up along the way. The real them was dirt free. I've come to tell you and remind you this morning that the real you is dirt-free and God loves the real you. God sees you. He doesn't despise you because He sees the dirt. He loves you. He sees beyond that, but He also will empower you and give you the ability to get rid of the dirt if you will trust Him to do that. God loves you and God wants to bless you. I'm not gonna lie to you and try and tell you today that following God means that you never have a problem again in your life. That's not true. It's not reality and it's not a fair representation of God. If we're alive, stuff happens. It's just, it's just life. Churched, unchurched, whatever you believe, life happens. I had, um, I got um, some, I wanted some nice uh, like cops kind of glasses to drink coffee from. So I bought a set. I've got this thing. I, I decided yesterday, why do you buy sets of anything? It's like, I, I need prayer. Every time we get a set of something, one gets broken. We've got like about four boxes of incomplete sets. But anyway. Um, so but I got one of these. The, 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 the kind of the Bodum cups. The, 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 are, are see, they're, they're glass. They're, see, they're see-through. They're like thermal. And uh, some of you are thinking, get over yourself. But anyway, I... I like those cups and uh, I got some and then the uh, last week so the thing is this right the other thing about me is that <laughs> the thing about me is right that I I'm always thinking about how can I do this quicker you know how can so I, I'm the kind of guy instead of making two or three journeys. I'm going to try and do everything in one journey. So so I was upstairs. I got some stuff to bring down. Now, I mean, we're talking about upstairs and downstairs. We're not talking about a several miles or we're just talking about the distance between upstairs and downstairs. But in my mind, that's too far. So if I can do this in one trip, I'm gonna do it in one trip. So I got my bag, I got my books, I got my phone. You gotta look after your phone. You gotta look after your phone. And I, and I also have my Bible because I'm a pastor. I always walk around with my Bible, and even at home, everywhere. And what I decided to do was uh, balance my one of my Bodum cups on my Bible. It's cool, it's it's calm, it's calm, it's cool, it's fine. Very carefully, very carefully, I went downstairs and, and then just in a split second got distracted and it fell off the Bible. I mean, you'd have thought that because if I've had the blessing of God, actually it would have been glued to the Bible. Just shows you, doesn't it? Just shows you, it fell off the Bible. Now, and, and you know those things, eh? Because they've got like that air, it explodes. I mean, enti- I'm talking glass coffee. Because I, I never, I'm also one of those people who never drink the whole. Yeah, not 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 a cup, name, not a cup of coffee, but yeah. Because I'm one of these people who have always leave a little in the bottom. Do you, anyone else know what I'm talking about? You just, I don't know why that is. I've just always got to leave a little bit in the bottom. So. So now I've got coffee up the wall, this glass everywhere. How many of you know that that actually was a false economy of time? If I'd have made two trips, I thought I could have made five or 10 trips because by the time I'd wiped down the walls, cleared up the glass, and even now uh, there was a, uh, Lynette, I thought I'd got everything. Lynette discovered a piece of glass. Anyway, so... I put this in my preaching because I just needed to get some things off my chest. I needed a bit of a group therapy session. So you're in my group therapy session. Why am I telling you this? I'm saying this to you because honestly, that was my fault. That was my fault. That, that was, you know, I should, have just, I should have just made two trips. But also to say that in life, things do get broken and things much more important than a and glass. Some things can be put back together and some things definitely can't. Whether I follow Jesus or not, that's just true of life. However, walking in the blessing, walking with Jesus, does mean that I can walk in the peace and protection of God knowing that no matter what comes my way, even though I walk through the darkest valley, we've sung it today, I will not be afraid because you are with me. And when I walk with God and, and, and when I walk in His blessing and if I'm listening and I'm not quite so determined to do things in my own way, He will also prompt our hearts with the wisdom to do things in a way that will avoid the broken glass moments. To walk in the blessing of God, I must walk with God. A blessing is not worn like a piece of jewellery. It's not about wearing a cross or a St. Christopher, believing that those things will give me protection. A blessing is not found in a horoscope Believing the position of the stars determine my life. Blessing is the result of having a relationship with the One who made the stars, God Almighty. He is the source of all blessing. My life is blessed according to the degree that I walk with God to access the blessed life. I don't just apply principles, but I get to know the person of Jesus. And just like those moms and those children thousands of years ago, I must come to Him. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that He exists and that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. You've got to believe He exists and you've got to believe that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. I've got to come to a place of understanding that I've lived my life apart from God and that has brought a separation between God and myself. But also to know that God loves you so, so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross because God knew that if He sacrificed His only Son, that supreme act of love and sacrifice would save would set you free. We read in the beginning that the kingdom of God is, is made up with those people who have a childlike trust of God. When we were younger, we had four kids, so we kind of had to manage how we went on holiday and all that so it usually involved driving rather than flying somewhere and the truth is this that particularly when they were very young you know our kids were just consuming the fact that we were going on holiday we got them all strapped in no one was saying Dad do you think we're going to make it? of course we were going to make it because we had those AA printouts <laughs> We didn't have GPS or Google Maps. We had AA printouts that were typed out, sheets and sheets of them, there and back. Anyone, does anyone remember AA? Great stuff. They didn't ask, you know, is the petrol in the car? They didn't ask, are we gonna stop along the way? They just got in the car and they trusted Dad to get them there. I want to say that it's with that childlike trust that we come to God. Were those things that might have been asked a reality? Of course they were reality, but trust made them think, well, you know what? It, we're going to get there because Dad's driving. Now, if, Even if that was flawed thinking because I'm a human being, I want you to know it's absolutely true when, with God. That if you trust Him, if you put your life in His hands, He will absolutely get you there. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.